Did we ever give Notes the app a legitimate shot for show notes? I never did, no. I, well, I don't remember. I know we started, but I don't know that we ever, like, like we put stuff in a note at one point, and I don't know that we ever actually went back and, like, tried to use nope. it nope. to reference when we were recording. Nope, because, honestly, I don't know why we never did. Maybe because it was Apple I, I Notes because, and we were both adverse yeah, to I it. Think, I, I don't use notes for anything else. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, and one of the reasons I don't use notes uh, on Apple, although it has gotten better, uh, I still feel like navigating on the Mac with voiceover is a little odd. I think that's another reason for me. Like, it's pretty easy to put stuff into notes because it's right there in the share sheet and you can do a lot. Uh, notes has actually gotten to a point that if it had been here what eight nine ish years ago i probably never would have got into devon think uh, because uh-huh. you have the ability in notes to and it's just because i wouldn't have had to pay for an app like because notes would have been there if it was what it is today 10 years ago uh, because you can attach pdfs uh, it does some scanning it doesn't do ocr uh, uh, notes does it i don't think it does I may be wrong. I haven't used it. I mean, yeah, yeah. We might want to look I, into that because I think it might actually. I don't know because OCR is broken in seventeen. Yeah, so I know you can scan documents in, uh, and it does some, you know, kind of intelligent cropping. I don't know how good it is because again, I haven't really used it. But had those features been there, as well as the ability to share notebooks, which is a thing that Devin think endlessly caused me problems with for a long time because you can't really share with people. Um unless you want to do some weird web uh, access thing. And that was weird. I tried it out for a while, like <laughs> just individually testing it by myself, by going to a different device and being like, Hey, let me go here. Oh no, this is, this is terrible. But I probably would have done notes back then if it had the features that it has now. Now notes back then was horrendous. Nobody used it. Uh, but if you're looking for something that is ubiquitous, you're in the Apple ecosystem uh, completely because if you're not you know they're, they're, that's always to me at least a problem if i can't access my information everywhere i happen to be or whichever device i happen to be on but if you're completely in the apple ecosystem as we are for the most part uh notes may be something worth looking at but one reason i have not explored notes at all even with its new features other than to kind of generally poke at it a little bit here and there is because i use drafts and I realized uh, a couple of episodes ago, me and Michael were talking about, this may have been an episode, it may have been offline, I don't remember now. But me and Michael recently were talking about somewhere to store information. Like, oh, I have a snippet of, you know, text or code or, or links to something or something I'm researching. And I just want to be able to put that somewhere so I can retrieve it later because I can't or don't have time or the bandwidth to deal with it right now. But I want to go back to this without... uh you know, having it all over the place, like, oh, I can go search my web history for this, but then I'm searching email for that and, you know, whatever. And Michael asked me about Devin Think. And I told him, hey, give it a shot. Here's, you know, there's kind of some weirdnesses to it. I actually preferred version two over the current version three that is out on the Mac uh, for navigation reasons. Uh, and I honestly haven't spent as much time there because they've made so many changes and put so much clutter in the interface for a voiceover user. I would say if you're sighted, you're clicking around in most cases. So not a big deal. But um, it occurred to me the other day when I was once again 
think it's probably the third time I did it, filling out my Dun and Bradstreet number request application. <laughs> and this time, and I honestly think, and I've seen it, I actually saw this happen last night. I texted Mike. Mike, I texted you and I said, hey, I also show up in DMB now. Yeah. And then I went and typed in my phone number again. And it's like, oh, uh, we just experienced a problem. Uh, if this problem continues, uh, contact support. I was like, okay, so whatever. So I think possibly when I was putting in applications the first one or two times, they were not going through. Because when I put this one in the other day, uh, everything went through as it was supposed to. So like I actually, one, there was more information they asked me for, which is how I got to where we are now, which is drafts. So I went in drafts and I searched for consulting. Now I got a lot of results, but I couldn't remember what else I had put in this draft. But I do remember when I formed my LLC in 2021, that I looked up the NANCS codes. I, I, I forget what the letters are, uh, but the, the, the codes that kind of classify. classify your business. Yeah, like what, what area of, of business are you in? And so I had written down those codes because I knew I would need them in different places. Like I pretty much used them right there when I needed to use them, but I put them in drafts because I'm like, well, if I ever need this information again, uh, or also for copy and paste in that instance, it's in drafts. Well, of course, that's two years ago. So, you know, that draft is way down there. But I knew I had put consulting because I was looking for the code that covered consulting because that was, you know, one of the classifiers for my business when I formed it. So I typed into the search and drafts on the Mac consulting. Then I went down about, you know, 15, 16 drafts that had something about consulting in them. And then I found it. And I was like, hey, here's my information saver retrieval system, at least for personal stuff, like, you know, things mm-hmm. that I just need to be able to locate like that, like something just like that. That's the perfect use case. And this is kind of stuff that Mike was talking about. And I was like, well, man, I can just use drafts because I'm already using drafts to do this. Like I dump so much stuff into drafts that I probably, mm-hmm. I know I don't organize it. That's one mm-hmm. thing I should do is start working on an organization and we'll chat about that, you know, how that looks here. But, the fact that I was confident that I was going to find that information in drafts is why, like, one, I don't use notes because I've been putting so much stuff in drafts over the years and I can go find it because when I needed something from two years ago, boom, there it was. Uh, they were asking for that code or my classifying codes in, uh, for the DMB application, which never happened before. So that's why I think this one actually, the first two just didn't get processed. Uh. Yeah. Uh, and then I also got an email telling me, hey, this is pending. We'll let you know in up to 30 days, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then I got a call from Dunn <laughs> Bradstreet. Like, I was like, whoa. The guy's like, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, let you know that, you know, it's going to take, but I was like, man, really you're calling to make sure that I'm a legitimate business and that the phone number I put in there works. It's okay. It's fine, man. Right. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So, uh, thank yeah, you. There we go. Thank you for verifying that I am me and not someone else be- trying to be me, too. Exactly. That's important. <laughs> that is important. That is important. Uh, as well as the fact that, hey, this is actually working now. Uh, but yeah, I think drafts is the system that I'm going to continue to use just with more intention, right? It wasn't intentional that I would be like, oh, I can retrieve this information in two years when I need it. But there it was. And drafts is still actively being developed. It's not something that's kind of just gone by the wayside. They're still adding new oh, things no, to drafts. Yeah, all the out every freaking week, man. Yeah. Like, geez, yeah. When do yeah. you have time to do uh, all of this? Dude? Well, when that's his full time job, I mean, full time gig, then it makes sense. But yeah. 
there's a lot in drafts that someone could easily become overwhelmed with. If you just start putting stuff in drafts, it's kind of like health for me. If you start putting stuff in there, then at some point you can go back and organize it. So I start all of my Kelly and Romeo quick shout out to AMI. When you guys are getting this episode, unless you're listening live, I will be live on AMI in about 10 hours. So AMI.ca and click on the listen live link. Or if you're in Canada, watch AMI TV. Uh, when I send in notes for Kelly and Romeo to uh, the producers of the show, I start those in drafts. Like everything else, well, I need to, on a regular basis, pull up my notes so I can see what did I send, when did I send this, how how did that end up looking. And Demasi made a comment to me, oh, six, seven, eight months ago that said, hey, why don't you just start tagging all of your notes and then you can pull those drafts when you have that tag on them. And of course, I never did it until... I realized I needed to get something done before Thursday this week. It's not something I can put off for a couple of weeks and and get it done at my convenience. I had to get the details for a couple of episodes before Thursday. So yesterday or Friday when I was looking through my Kelly and Romeo notes, I decided to start adding tags to the notes that I needed. And it is really nice to be able to just search for that tag and then just bring it right up. Uh, that that is the handy part and they have workspaces and like michael said like there's a lot in drafts like there's stuff that i haven't even touched yet like there's a feature in drafts and now i don't remember what it is there's a chat uh, gpt integration that i haven't even touched thank you greg <laughs> greg pierce is the developer of our drafts so i reached out to greg about two weeks ago and i said hey man on the Mac, when I click the pin this draft button, which allow, which makes the forces that draft to, you know, stay open until you, you know, want to move on, uh, which is what I just did to the notes document that I'm looking at. Uh, on the Mac, when you would click the button in the interface, it didn't change state. It would just say pin draft, right? Now, if you hit VO shift H, it will actually tell you the state because it would say click this button to pin if it was not pinned or click this button to unpin if it was pinned. Uh, found out two things. Number one, uh, there's a menu item for pinning, and you can see a checkbox there, a uh, checkmark next to it if it, if the draft is pinned and it's not there if it's not pinned. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was there because he asked me, like, does this not show up in the menu? Hmm. And I was like, I didn't know there was a menu. So <laughs> did a quick screen uh, cache recording and sent it to him to show him the exact area. I Because I was like, I normally do it here. Like, that's where I never saw that menu item because I don't really go to the menus and drafts. Right. Uh, and so, but I didn't realize that he had fixed this. And the one of the last couple of beta releases that he pushed out for drafts for the Mac, where now it tells me the state of this button because now it tells me disable pinning, which is awesome. Nice. Um, if you're interested in a comprehensive tutorial of drafts from an accessibility point of view, we will not do it because we've talked about drafts <laughs> for seven, eight, nine years now, and neither of us is going to put one together. However, if you go to Living Blindfully and look for episode 238 or do what I did and simply type in drafts in the search, it will come right up. And Jonathan Mosen did a very comprehensive uh, tutorial of how to be able to navigate uh, drafts on iOS. He does not cover the Mac, but a lot of the things that he shows you how to do on the Mac on iOS, you can apply that knowledge to Mac. So living blindfully episode two, three, eight, and he did not pay me to give that promotion. 
I just, this is kind of one of those reasons why I wanted a knowledge management system is because I'm consuming a lot of podcasts. Thank you, Jeff. And I'm learning a lot of different things that other people are doing. And I'm realizing probably the same thing that you've realized a lot sooner than I have that we don't need to reinvent the wheel every time because people are out there doing what we need, what we want to share with other people. And if we can just get that message out there, then, uh, yeah, it'll help people. Yeah. And that, that is one thing. And I do that a lot. Like I have a link in here to a video that I need to go download and then send to you as audio so you can listen to it at a faster speed. Uh, it's vaguely interesting. Like it's not, you're not going to you know, care about the whole thing, but I can see you listening to it kind of in the background as you're doing dishes or something. Uh, and probably getting some of the same information out of it that I got, which is a little fascinating, but, uh, yeah, I've been using drafts like that for a while. Uh, for the longest time, I struggled between. I just completely, we went way off the track to hold on. I'll come back. Uh, struggled for years with what goes in Devin thing, what goes in drafts. Uh, and then I started, you know, oh, well, I'll put drafts in first and then I'll push stuff over to Devin think if I think it needs to be there for, you know, long term archival. Not sure I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, but where I diverged from before that button distracted me when I went to go pin and I was like, oh, he fixed this. That is awesome. Um, one, uh, good recommendation for the episode. I actually want to go listen to that episode myself because uh, you mentioned it to me a while back and I didn't check it out. So I should go check it out. Uh, it's probably sitting in my podcast app and I just hadn't played it. Drafts is one of those applications. As I said, there are features in here I have not even touched. Uh, there are a couple of features that I was reminded of when I was looking for the join the beta link because uh, he, he cleans out the beta right before he starts releasing for the new OS during uh, the summer. And I um, saw a feature and I text Mike about it. And I was like, man, I completely forgot about this thing. I got to use this. I got to check this out. This looks really cool. I still hadn't done it. Because one, Drafts is one of those apps, and I think this is one of the good design things about a lot of applications on Apple's platforms. They start out as basic as they are. Like Drafts, you open it up, and the thing that stuck me to Drafts initially, and people who have been listening to me talk on a microphone doing a podcast for a while have heard me say this an infinite number of times. But I originally got drawn to drafts because unlike notes and any other note taking applications of the time when it came out, you opened up drafts and boom, there was a blank edit field for you to start typing. No, give it a name, no press new, create new. Where do you want to say? Just start typing or dictating. And 10 years later, it's still that same app. Now, there's a bunch of extra features in here that did not exist at that time, but it is still the same app. If that's all you want to use it for, that's all you have to use it for. And I can confidently know that I can go back and find what I'm looking for years later, let alone a couple of hours later. Uh, but as you get more advanced with drafts, there's actions to do a lot of different things. One of the most used actions, if, if drafts did, and he really shouldn't add this feature, or at least I don't want this feature. Uh, but if you did add it, it probably wouldn't get in the way. But if it tracked how which actions you used and the number of times mm. that you used them, kind of like Launch Bar does, one of my top two or three would be the markdown to mail action that I have. Uh, and what this action does on the Mac, it uses a little helper application that you have to download from uh, the Drafts website uh, to convert your markdown that you wrote in Drafts into rich text and send an email. 
and I use it all the time. Actually, there's a video, I think, showing how I did this. Right, Mike? Did we did we post that? Um, so about that. Oh, <laughs> don't start with about that. No, actually, I believe there is a video on the YouTube channel. It's funny because I was going through sync yesterday and I realized, oh, there's all this content. Cause Marty's like, what are we going to publish for tomorrow? Do you have something in the backlog of content? That's why publish? that episode. Was- <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's why we've been on a very mini launch bar, uh, series <laughs> this last two weeks. But yeah, there is a video somewhere. I believe you actually did record a video um, showing people how you can take a draft and convert it to Markdown with, or use, write it in Markdown and then send it as a rich text document or email. Email. And then I got it and was able to read that content and it worked flawlessly. Yeah. And um, my apologies because it may have just been audio, uh, but it is still on YouTube because I sent the email to Mike and then Mike recorded himself getting the email and reading it. So you can see like the links and a little bullet list I put in there and all of that stuff, which is just written in Markdown. That is one of my most used action. That action also works on iOS uh, on iOS. I, there's not a helper app. I don't know why it's different, uh, but it does just work on uh, iOS and it may be two separate actions. So if it is, I will make sure I send Mike the links to put in the show notes for this. I'm going to start writing the show notes at some point. It won't be this week (laughs) Uh, just to help out uh, because I I realized uh, in some conversations that have been going on and discussions that have been happening and me, you know, doing what I've been telling a lot of people, like face the realities of some situations. Uh, I was like, you know, I'll just send Mike the show. We record the show. And if we're doing it like we're doing it today, where Michael is actually the engineer in clean feed. I'll just, you know, <laughs> close the browser and we're done. <laughs> uh, so I got to start helping out. Not going to get it this week. Cause I'm headed out of town. I got to get ready for that, which means he's mostly doing laundry and uh-huh. trying to pack. Yeah. Yeah. But there's uh, a lot to go into going out of town. We'll have to talk about that one <laughs> these days. Yeah. Maybe today. Cause you mentioned something. Do we want to get into that now, or do we want to answer the question that we led off with last week? Or do you have more about drafts? No, I don't have any more about drafts. Check it out. It is a subscription, $24.99 a year. Uh, There probably is a monthly option, too. But you get a trial, uh, and that covers you on all the platforms it's on. And for the Windows people, or if you're using Windows part of the time and you don't have a Mac or you don't use the Mac all the time, uh, there is a send to drafts email address that you get when you're a pro subscriber, uh, which I still haven't used. Um, <laughs> it's kind of because I'm on Apple's platforms all the time anyway. So like I just I can just use the share sheet and be like, oh, yeah, clip this to drafts. Uh, or uh, I believe there's also a Chrome extension uh, for Windows. There's or a Mac. web capture web page that you can. Yeah, that's to. it. OK, yeah. that's it. It is my understanding from Jonathan's podcast, uh, which, by the way, I believe he interviewed um, Mark. Is that his name? Developer? Greg. 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 I, I can never get names right. So, by the way, if we're ever talking and I get your name wrong, please don't be offended. Uh, so he interviewed Greg and uh, was talking about some of the challenges that users might face with signing in which is outside of greg's control because it's apple's authentication flow Mm -hmm. uh very Mm -hmm. interesting how a company very devoted to accessibility has some 
challenges when it comes to web accessibility on windows but you know we won't we won't talk about that I mean, but once you get apple, signed in you don't have to do that again yeah yeah apple has web challenges period you can just stop <laughs> you don't have to put in the the, the qualifier on windows like anything yeah. web-based apple does has issues the developer portal sometimes is horrendous when you're a voiceover user uh, I remember a couple of years ago, it was actually easier to use it in Chrome on the Mac than it was to use the Safari <laughs> to uh, do a thing that I needed to do, which was uh, agree to the terms and conditions before I could actually use it, mm. like use the developer account. So, yeah, no, just Apple and web issues is the end of that conversation. You, you, don't, have to, you don't have to even put in the platform you're on because it's just the way it is. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, check out Drafts. It's a pretty cool app if you find you have a use for it. Uh, I will very quickly mention because we we touched on this and then we didn't go back to it because I got distracted by that button being fixed. Um, so as I told Michael, use tags and drafts for things. Like I have an AT guys tag, uh, for example. I don't always apply it when I should, but it is there. In uh, workspaces was the one feature that you may find worth checking out once you get comfortable with drafts if you want to continue if you're going to continue using it because all a workspace in drafts really is is just a filtered search so it can use tags it can use search terms it can use the state of a draft whether it's in the inbox or archived or whatever uh, a couple of different options but basically think about it like a saved search uh, is, is really what it is you use some criteria to filter down to the drafts that you want and then you can always jump back to that saved search which i do have a couple of workspaces. The most used one for me is called Scratchpad, which I, you know, just throw a tag on there. So that's and, drafts. And workspaces are a paid feature. You can use most of the drafts features without paying. So if you're like, I don't know if this is right for me, just go download drafts because it's free to download and app purchases um, and well worth exploring. Good deal. Because I did forget, like a lot of, um, you don't actually have to subscribe. And I forget that. Uh you get some basic actions. You get access to the share sheet, I believe. Uh, you don't get all of the actions capable and some of the other features. But, yeah, you can, I mean, try it out. Use it. If you like it, you know, keep plugging away. And Greg has been really good over the years about accessibility. So that's another reason that I continue to use this app because, hey, I mentioned a thing to him. And I was like, it's not super important, man. I just wanted to point it out because on the phone, if I pin a draft, it says, you know, unpin. And if I if it's not pinned, it says pin. Not super important, especially since I found a menu option. I can check the state. And, well, he fixed it anyway. So, good deal. So, we have a listener on Mastodon. Um, well, I don't think they listen on Mastodon because you can't live stream on Mastodon. And I'm going <laughs> to call them. once. Yeah, no, did not work out well. Uh, I'm going to call them Sarge. And if they want to be um, acknowledged better than that, then that's fine. Uh, I'm going to go with this first one because Tia's in the audience. And I know this will never happen, at least not on my end. But Sarge suggested, hey, I have an idea for you guys. Why don't you bring on your wives and uh, discuss what it's like to be with someone who is visually impaired. Mallory will never come on a podcast and do that. So I'm just saying that now. I don't I don't know if Tia will. That may happen, but no. Uh don't get your hopes up. Uh, the other one that we talked about last week was I found it interesting that you think we're VIPs. Like that that you know, yeah. don't don't skip past that whole, you know, promotional of uh importance here. Like uh but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure I'm not in Mallory's VIP list in mail because uh, I just send too many emails. <laughs> uh, the other one is one day you should talk about how 
You got to where you both are professionally and where you both see yourselves going. And I've kind of thought about this a little bit, and I'm sure Damasi has as well. And where we got and ourselves. You're optimistic today, huh? Uh, I, I am. That's what happens when we record early before 9 a.m. Oh, by the way, I have a hard stop at 9.45, so 11.45 your time, just so you know. I uh, should have told you that before we started. No, okay. Started. Well, we're good. No, we're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah. It is 52 after yeah. right now, so but, we're good. But So I've been thinking about this a little bit, and where I am professionally, this is, this is kind of a good transition into another conversation we want to have today, uh, which Mallory did have feedback on, so I'll have to share that with you, Damasi. But where I am professionally right now is definitely not where I saw myself being professionally 10 years ago. Um, and uh, I, how I got here is I put in an application for a job that I didn't think I'd hear anything back from. And JJ called me one day while I was making a HelloFresh. Maybe that's why I have an aversion to HelloFresh. And uh, went ahead and said, hey, are you interested in this job? I'd like to talk to you after we did a job interview. Uh, I'd love to tell this story. And Demasi will understand this a lot more now. JJ sent me a, a message on email at 11.45 a.m. and said, hey, can we do a job interview at noon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sure, let's do that. And uh, shout out to JJ. <laughs> right. But but you could easily see how that would happen now that you've worked with him for sure. Uh and so we did that, and then a couple of days later he called and offered me the job. That's my professional career and how I got there. And I've been doing customer service on and off for the last several years, but that honestly is where I got it, it, where I got to where I am is I simply applied for the position, not thinking anything of it, uh, saw it on Twitter. I mean, X formerly Twitter and realized, Hey, I could probably do this honestly. And I don't know if I told JJ this or not. And this might tell him, tell us if he listens to the show, but I really just applied for the job because I wanted to know what tools he was using. Uh, it wasn't really that I thought I'd get the job or anything. I was in, in my mode in 21 of wondering what kind of tools are, are, are blind business owners using right now. And uh, I, I was with uh, FCR taking calls for Peloton and it, realizing that there are some mainstream tools out there that uh, major companies are using that are fairly accessible once you learn their little quirks. Um, I'm so glad that I had that opportunity because I was able to jump in with JJ and be like, hey, no, this is how you do this because I had been using Zendesk longer than he had been using it. So that was kind of cool. But related to podcasting and how we've gotten where we are, um, I think we just went out there and did it. I don't think there's been, at least not for me, any strategy for how to get where we are now. Uh, we did, and I haven't even told Demasi this, uh, have our first episode, TW22, that breached 100 downloads within less than a week uh, on the technically working feed. Uh, we also published that episode to Unmute, and it's had over 230 listens, I believe. So this is the, though those numbers don't sound huge, this is probably the biggest achievement that we've gained with podcasting since we started. And that's pretty encouraging. And then uh, related to pay on media, I realized that I was doing a lot of the same thing for people 
Um, and I figured there's got to be a way to get paid to do this type of work. So I just went and eventually paid the $100 to the state of Oregon and formed my own business. And I am definitely not where I want to be with that business right now. But I also realized that that is fully my responsibility because I haven't been pushing it as much as I as much as I should be, and that's why I'm not where I want to be. Where I want to go, um, I don't have those direct answers right now. I want to be, I think Tomasi worded it properly when we were talking about it uh, offline, financially secure. So if I want to go and, you know, one of the kids wants to go uh, do some work for us and make some money so she can buy a chinchilla, then I can just be like, yeah, here you go. You can go clean out the shed and make some money and not have to worry about, oh, do I do I need to move money from this account to this account so I can give her money or just have cash on hand? Or if I just want to go out and do something with the family, not have to check the bank account to say, oh, yeah, we can do it this week, but we're not going to be able to do something later on this week or or vice versa. And just having that security, I think, would be nice. And then if we decide we want to go to Denver, then, you know, just make it happen and Stop not we're planning to go to Denver, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Tomasi? So some of my story mirrors yours a bit. Uh, first off, I've been doing, you know, technology stuff and making money at it for 15-ish, nearly 20 years now, actually. Uh, it's probably more like 18, 17, 18 years. But um, to where I'm at today, so right now, professionally, what I do is I'm a technology consultant to small businesses. I am a customer service slash um I'm going to call myself chief technical officer at AT guys. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Do that. Uh, customer service slash chief technical officer. I like that. Uh, probably not going to keep that, but I'll, that, that's what I'll call it for right now. Um, and you know, I'm a, I'm a podcaster. Consider myself a podcaster. I show up and do a show every week. So, you know, there you go. And um, I'm also a parent. So, how I got to where I'm at professionally, much like Michael, except I did not see the job notification on Twitter uh, or the network formerly known as Twitter. How about that? I like that. <laughs> I like that name better than X. <laughs> the network formerly known as Twitter. So Michael actually told me about the job posting. And so he was like, you know, if you want a job, go, go apply because JJ's hiring somebody. So you, you may or may not get it. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went in, you know, followed the steps or whatever to put in the application and uh, had an interview with Michael and JJ, uh, which was a little weird for me uh, <laughs> because I literally probably talked to Michael that morning before yep. this meeting and I had never talked to JJ, I don't think. Uh, I knew he was and we tweeted at each other here and there over the years, you know, my usual typical social network. Side note real quick. Uh People who get in conversations on social networks, I sometimes see them. I don't always reply instantly. Uh, don't feel any kind of way about it. Uh, it's not you. It's me. I promise. And I'm not even just saying that. Uh, but so I have tweeted at JJ and stuff over the years, but I've never had a chance to meet him. The one time that we would have met each other, I think for sure, I ended up not being able to make it to the Georgia uh, NLB convention that year because he was down for that one year. But I also want a gift card. No, I didn't. Somebody want a gift card there that I redeemed after I started working for AT guys, which is funny. Uh, but so I went through that process. I uh, had an interview. 
Michael was very close lipped. So I don't I don't know if I ever said this to JJ. This again will tell us if JJ listens or if anybody else listens that talks to JJ. Uh, Michael did not share anything with me about the process, like how it was going to go, what I needed to do, anything. Right. Um, the only advice Michael gave me, period, was after my interviews, like you really should, you know, consider is I'm not telling you to do this. But you should consider sending an email to the address that we use for uh, your your application submission uh, to say thanks for the interview, right? Now, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I wasn't at the computer when he said that, and then I forgot. Uh, but that is the all, literally the only thing Michael said to me about the, the anything about this job after I did the interview. Uh, other than, oh, we'll probably be making a decision sometime like next week, I think. Like me and JJ got to talk about it and then we're going to make a decision. He didn't tell me anything. He didn't say you're on the short list. He didn't say, you know, I think you could get it, but it's going to come down to you. And none of this. Michael was very tight lipped about this whole situation until after the fact. Then he told me a bunch of stuff. after the fact. But <laughs> Before this, he said, now, I didn't push and I didn't ask any questions either. Right. So I, I, I absolutely respected those boundaries there. But, you know, as much as Michael sometimes shares with me that, you know, technically you probably shouldn't because uh, he knows it's not going to go any further. He was super tight lipped about this. Like, again, I didn't ask anything, but nothing leaked out of Michael. I was like, whoa, Michael can hold some water. I didn't know he had this capability. And so what happened is I get a call. And I think I was walking back home from somewhere. I was coming back to the house and I was about halfway up the street to get into my house. I was about halfway home and I got a call from JJ. And he was like, yeah, so I want to offer you a job. I was like, okay, let's do that. He's like, all right then. So uh, show up here at this time to do this thing and we'll get you on board. And I was like, all right, go. And that was that. Uh, and I've been there since, what, middle of November? Yeah, kind of middle of November of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Man, time flies, right? It does. It's almost about coming up on a year. Uh, so that's that part. As for where I'm at with consulting, uh, I used to do some I got into WordPress helping a nonprofit is how I really got into, you know, having to learn WordPress because I wanted, you know, to know what I was doing. Uh, and a lot of the things I share are lessons I've learned over the past 10 years of, of working within the WordPress ecosystem and building sites, managing sites, dealing with servers. I know a little more, a little bit more about servers than I did about WordPress when I started. And that knowledge is deepened, but I'm old. So I also remember DOS. So a command line is comfortable to me. Um, where I'm at now, kind of like Michael, I realized that I was doing a lot of the same stuff over and over for people. And I also realized that I either wasn't making any money or I wasn't charging enough money for the things that I was doing. So I started seriously focusing on freelancing and picking up, you know, more work and trying to figure out the pricing structure and all of that. Uh, and I formed my business in 20. 21 because I was like it's time and this is the only way I'm actually going to really move forward because I need to have a legitimate business name out here and start pushing that now I started out doing the exact same things that I had been doing probably for the past you know four or five years at least for sure which is oh helping resolve issues for people with WordPress fixing DNS problems migrating email after about a year of doing that (laughs) for bedrock under bedrock innovations LLC it's like you know some of this stuff I really don't want to keep doing. Like, I don't want this to be the way that I continue to bring in my income because I have knowledge that would allow me to provide better services to 
businesses that can afford to pay me what I what I am worth if I get rid of doing a lot of this little small stuff for people like oh you know can you set up my workspace account sure give me 50 bucks right that's how I started with some of this like oh somebody needs help with a workspace account or somebody needs to point their new domain to their new host and it's like okay well give me 50 bucks I'll go log into your DNS account and fix it and what really pushed me more towards the consulting slash IT services part of this is I log into a lot of people's stuff. I, I deal with a lot of people's stuff or I was dealing with a lot of people's stuff and it would just drive me insane. And Mike can testify to this uh, as well as Tia can testify to this of me ranting about how terrible people's passwords were and why did they set this up this? Oh my God, people should stop doing this kind of stuff. And one day as I was figuring out, like, you know, I don't want to keep doing this kind of thing right here anymore. Oh, well, look, I get like seriously upset and not upset like I'm angry at the person. It's like upset, like nobody's doing this right. And it just dawned on me like it's because they don't know how to do it. So what do you need to do? It drives you crazy. Uh, and it makes you feel bad because they're on they're they're on a precipice of having something very bad happen to their business technologically and they don't understand that. So start trying to teach that to people and start offering and figuring out how to get paid to handle those sorts of things for people. So that's how I got to where I am professionally uh, podcasting. I'll just show up and do a show because I just want to talk uh, and did not know that we had over 100 downloads in less than a week. So that's good for us. Uh, this is the most consistent we have been with publishing content. So I feel good about that. We are recording on off day today, but hey, it is what it is. It'll still come out on the day that it's supposed to get published to the feed. He thinks. Oh. No, it will. It will. <laughs> it, it will. Because I, I wonder if listeners have noticed. Because to me, it's been more, We've we've made it more natural. There was a time. Oh man, I remember those times. Man, remember when we started DM? And man, 15, remember when I would try shows? to pull all the ums out of the shows? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I, I went through that phase too. Yeah. I, I went through that phase. Yeah, I don't got time for that anymore. <laughs> and now it's like if I were editing, there are things I would pull out if there was a, a, a stutter, maybe, but just a um in regular conversation. Because that's how people talk, right? And a lot you hear this from a lot of people, you know, those who are not overly obsessive about it this is a conversation we're not doing a highly produced uh thing like we literally started our podcast started our podcast journey together of us doing a podcast together as like hey we have some deep interesting conversations about technology and stuff and things we're using and trying different things we should turn it into a show and then we got caught up in the hype yeah, there was about 10 episodes there that I'd rather not mention. A little bit more than 10. Yeah. A little bit more than 10. Yeah. A little bit more than 10. But we got caught up in the, oh, we got to really, you know, tightly produce this and keep it down under this. And it's like, man, you know, look, this isn't working. We actually both stopped, stopped touching base at least about where we were going to next record a batch of episodes because neither one of us wanted to do the show that we had turned it into <laughs> yeah like we would talk on a regular basis still but we would just never touch that we would never when do you want to record podcasts uh -huh. section uh where i want to be so my phrase for it is fin financial freedom i don't want to be beholden to anybody 
Like I work for JJ now, and I'm going to say this. I probably have said this before. Working for JJ has been one of the better experiences I have had. And, and for people who don't know me and never heard me say this, I've always hated working for people. Like one of the reasons I've always kind of been a freelancer, always had some type of side hustle going is because I hated working for people because people tend to be jerks uh, or they don't have the flexibility to see opportunities to be more efficient. Uh, and it would always make me, it would always frustrate me. Don't stop saying making me insane. It would always frustrate me. So it's one of the reasons I didn't have a job for several years and I was just, you know, scratching along because like I, I didn't want to go back into that corporate space. I didn't want to go work for somebody who had several layers of bureaucracy above them. Uh, that if I wanted to make this minor little efficiency change, it was like, oh, we got to kick this up to management. And the manager like, oh, we got to go to the ownership. And, you know, by the time it gets back around, it's like, man, I quit. I quit six months ago. By the time you guys decide to come tell me, no, you can't do that thing. Yeah, man, I've been left. I've been out of there. Uh, working for JJ is not anything like that. Uh, it, it is, is, you know, I have the flexibility of what, I, and, and already being a remote company anyway, like he didn't have to learn these lessons that a lot of companies learned during the lockdowns of people can work from home or from anywhere. If their job is that type of job that they can work from anywhere, uh, and giving people more flexibility makes them more productive because, Hey, if I get up at, six in the morning and you know get the things out of the way that i need to do you know to get myself awake and i want to go clock in early to at guys and start knocking out some some tickets or dealing with orders or, or working on something else inside of the business i don't get a call from jj uh you're, why, why did you clock in so early what is going on here uh you know your shift is from blah 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 to blah 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 no me and mike completely arranged and i think i've been here two months Two months at AT guys, probably a little bit over that, but it wasn't a full three months yet. Me and Mike completely rearranged our schedules. Yep, yep. And then, then we told JJ, "Hey, this is what we're doing." Yeah. So, but the thing about that is, we were gonna ask, and then he had to cancel the. He had to skip the weekly team meeting uh-huh. that we have. Yeah. So then we were like, "We'll just do it, and we'll tell him about it next week." And if he doesn't like it, we can always fix it because we yep. hadn't really done anything. And he was like, oh, no, it's fine. We're like, all right, cool. Just get the stuff done that you need to get done. Quick, quick backtrack before you go on. I completely feel bad. I said Sarge brought this up to it. It's actually Scout. I don't know where I got Sarge from. but So I thought maybe you would be spelunking into Scout's profile and like <laughs> Sarge came up somewhere. So I wasn't going to touch that wire because I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know because, you know, Michael tends to sometimes poke at you know, people's profiles and stuff, or maybe it came up in a conversation that I completely missed. Uh, yeah. Shout out to scout. Appreciate the question. Appreciate uh, you listening to, but yeah, where I want to be is financially free to, you know, live my life as I want. Like I, I don't have a complicated lifestyle. Uh, you know, I don't need to do too much, but I want the financial freedom to do whatever it is I want to do. Uh, it would be nice. There, there are some things that would be nice to have, but essentially if I want to take a vacation, I can take a vacation because you know what? My business can operate without me having to have my hands at the controls all day. And that's some reasons I stay away from certain types of business opportunities because I don't want to have to manage that. Like AT guys, for example, I would never get into that business for me. Not that it's a bad <laughs> business to be in, but it's not a business that I want to uh, be in permanently or how, how would I say? I don't want to run that business. I'm fine working with JJ 
to accomplish some things inside of that business. But dealing with the logistics of building building those relationships is not a thing that I want to do. I like being a consultant. I like providing IT services uh, because those are all things that I'm very interested in. Uh, and it's a thing that people need, including JJ. Uh, so it's worked out great. And it's important, I think, to try a lot of different things too. Oh yeah. Thankfully, you and I have been able to because at first, when I was when I was younger, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have wanted to get into a dropship ish type of business. Now I'm like, absolutely not. We'll never get into that type of business. No, thank you, because I see some of the logistics that go on in the background that hopefully your customers will never see because things run smoothly. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that go into different types of businesses that you may not even think about. For me, it's the relationship building part of that too. Like I'm, I'm not great at that all the time. I can do it sometimes, but I'm not great at it all the time. And that is one of the things that has been a detriment in my business. Not that I'm terrible at building relationships, but honestly, I'm also more of a low key person. So like, I don't know how to say this without stopping people from doing it. Look, I, I appreciate people to come up and say, hey, I love your show or I listen to your show and it's good or whatever. I do appreciate that. But it's a little, you know, uncomfortable for me, too, because like I've always been the person that I try not to be really noticed. Like I've never wanted to be a YouTube star. I never wanted to be a, you know, Steve Jobs type of CEO. I've always wanted to run my own business and I have for years run a business. It just wasn't a, you know, legally registered business. So I was a uh what do they call it? Uh sole proprietor or uh, uh yeah, sole proprietor like on under legal terms for tax purposes. I was a sole proprietor because I didn't form a, a, a actual LLC or anything like that or a corporation. But I never wanted to be like that. Oh, you know, yeah, let's you know, Demasi's doing a keynote presentation. He's going to no, nah, I don't I don't you know, I have people for that or I will get people for that. <laughs> I don't want to do that part of it. Uh, but in all honesty, I do appreciate when people come up and tell me, they listen to my show because it's good for me to know that people listen to my show. Like I appreciate it. I, it is the reason I keep showing up to do it because people have been very kind in their words when I meet them at different events. And a part of working for JJ is one thing a lot of people don't realize when you're running your own business and in most businesses, whether you're running it or you're working inside of that businesses, most businesses are customer service businesses. I don't care what you do. I don't mm -hmm. care what you sell. I don't care what you provide. You're still a customer service business in a lot of cases because you have customers that need something from you. Therefore, you have to be good at customer service. I have learned because it's not my business. Hence, I'm more careful about my reactions to people because I'm working for JJ when I'm doing certain things, which helps me in my business not be so snippish because I'm like, look, I can chop you off and not worry about it. Like, I mean, the worst you can do is go tell people that guy's got a bad attitude. But there's enough people that know me that are like, yeah, but he still gets the job done. <laughs> but see, I can't do that inside of JJ's business. So therefore, it has, it has forced me to tone some things down a little bit, but also be aware when you're running your own business that sometimes you do have to fire a client. Like, just accept that that is a thing that you're going to have to do if you're in a services business. Yes. But yeah, financial freedom is where I see I'm going. I don't know how that is going to look because from the time I started my business to where I'm at today, um, a lot of things have changed. Like, I have changed as a person. Uh, the things I want to provide have changed. The need I see in some areas has changed. So, you know, I, I will still be just rolling, you know, rolling along and making it work. 
Uh, and we'll get there. Price adjustments. Just for anybody who hadn't been listening, prices have gone up. <laughs> Be aware of that when you reach out. Uh, and take the offers I give you when I give them to you because uh, they may never come around again. <laughs> yeah, but he's leading- talking to me right there. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing in this business growth, too, that happens and... Or, or one thing that I feel like is going to happen if you're trying to run your own business or you're, you're running your own business is you're going to encounter people who are in the same space or, or in, 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 in adjacent businesses to you. And you're going to look at where they're at. And I think this is valuable whether you run a business or not. We oftentimes have the misfortune, I would say, of seeing someone else's success and not envying them necessarily or being or being hateful about it. You may envy their success because you haven't obtained that yourself, but you're not hateful. It's not a it's not a malicious thing. It's like, man, I wish I was there. I'm I'm, I'm still not there and this person is there. Hey, congratulations for them, but I still am trying to get to where they are in a sense. And oftentimes you have no idea the work that has gone into them being where they are at the time that you see their success happen. I mean, nobody knows about the hours and hours that I've been up at three o'clock in the morning figuring out problems that I can solve now. And people call up, how do I do this? It's like, bam, bam, bam. You don't know that it probably took me a couple of nights working until three o'clock in the morning to figure that out uh, and be confident in how that was going to work. And similarly, me and Michael listened to, um, so Relay FM, which is the podcasting network, just had their uh, 10-year anniversary about a week ago. And they did a show where the two co-founders, now they, this is on Connected. We'll drop a link in the show notes to the Connected episode this was. But they did a founders Q&A on that thing. And they kind of do that every year when they're coming up on an anniversary anyway. But some things came out in that episode that, you know, oh, you know, we started in 2014. This is where they are today. They're both working full-time as podcasters, basically, and running that business. Um, which means they both quit their jobs at some point. Um and me and Michael were having a conversation about this. And, you know, from my perspective, because I knew some of this, I, I wasn't kind of off kilter about it. But, um, you know, you, you look at a company that started, what, 2013 and 10 years later, you know, not only are they making a living at podcasting and running their own podcast network and getting advertisers and all of that, but they're actually hiring people to take over some of the roles inside of the admin side of the business, whether it's sales or, or, or some other things inside of the business that they don't want to do because as Mike Hurley put it, he just wants to show up and record podcasts. You don't want to do anything else. You don't want to edit them. You can hire the editor. You don't want to deal with the advertising part. So you hire somebody to take, took that over. But Michael made a comment to me that I think a lot of people end up feeling at some point in their lives. And I felt that way at some point in my life, too, looking at somebody else's growth or success um, that I I think is worth addressing. Because as a small business owner or someone trying to build a business, you're going to encounter these sort of feelings. Yeah. Yeah, so I made a comment to Demasi. I wasn't sure if he's going to lead in with a comment there about. I don't remember how, what you said. Oh, oh okay. Uh, about how man they've been doing this for nine years because they they are going to celebrate their ten year mm, next year. Right. Thank and you. I have been podcasting for just about the same amount of time because I started my first real podcast in 2014, and I've met none of the success or gotten to anywhere where they are. So what am I doing wrong? 
interesting to bring that up to Demasi, and he said, let's talk about that more. On, or he asked if I wanted to talk more about that on the show, and I kind of said, yeah, sure, why not? Well, I brought it up to Mallory yesterday, and she's like, why are you always looking at what other people are doing and comparing yourself to that? I'm like, don't you? She goes, no, I just do what I want to do and then go on with my day. And if I like it and I'm happy, that I, then I will uh, keep doing it. If I'm not, then I'll make some changes and make myself happy. I'm like, well, that's... That's an interesting way to look at it. But to me, and I think as Demasi said, I, I look at it and I'm like, well, you know, I'm doing the same things that they're doing. Uh, maybe I'm not building relationships as much as they have. So why haven't I found any sort of success and found that financial freedom and uh, been able to say, hey, yeah, I'm doing this and this is my full time gig. And the biggest reason is consistency, I think, and uh, Demasi brought up a point that I wasn't aware of, and that is, you know, they were podcasting before they made a podcast network, and uh, I had not realized that before then. Yeah. So first, shout out to Mallory because that is my goal in life too: is not worry about what other people are doing and how they're doing it. Like, you know, I can learn from other people. It's not that I don't care about what they're doing, but they're not necessarily trying to measure. Because here's the thing, right? And why what she said is so valuable. It's also another reason I'm like, yeah, me and Mallory definitely would get along because we, we are so similar <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, down to our reactions to disrespectful kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but the reason that what she said is so valuable, and, and, and this is the biggest takeaway from from all of this, is success is different for everybody. What I consider success, that's my marker for success. Doesn't mean that's going to be the success for somebody else. You know, one person, in order for them to feel that they have been successful in their endeavors, whatever they may be, maybe they want to have a private jet and, you know, a Lamborghini, right? That's success for them. For other people, just merely not having to worry about where next month's rent going to come from is success for them. They can sit down, they can drink beer when they want to drink beer, they can throw some meat on the grill when they want to throw some meat on the grill, and they're good. They don't care about a fancy car, they don't care about, you know, the latest and greatest tech products, they just uh, want to make sure that they're comfortable and they don't have to worry about, how am I going to pay this light bill? If the light bill is 150 bucks, fine, boom, I paid it. The light bill skyrockets in the middle of the summer to 400 bucks, fine, boom, I paid it. No stress, right? That's success for that person everybody's point or marker for success is going to be different. And that's why learning, watching other people or, or being observant of what other people do that could benefit you or help you learn something absolutely is valuable. Trying to measure your level of, of success against somebody else's level of success that you see is doomed to failure because as Mike just said, he wasn't aware I knew this because I heard it elsewhere before. I didn't know it at the time. Like when I first started listening to Relay, I just happened to hear a couple of years ago that they were on 5x5. So Stephen Hackett and Mike Hurley came from working with Dan Benjamin, who runs the 5x5 network, or Yusu. I don't know if it still exists, actually. But uh, Dan is one of those guys, kind of like Leo Laporte, who's been around in podcasting and, and, and stuff from nearly the beginning, if not the beginning of it, like, you know, the beginning of this actually being a thing where people put up audio files and there was an RSS feed and you could subscribe to them and listen to the shows. You know, back in the days of syncing your podcasts to your iPod or, or whatever, <laughs> like they've been around since then. Uh, much like Allison Sheridan, uh, who's been around that long uh, doing podcasts. Now, Allison isn't wildly successful in in. 
I would say, I mean, her show is popular, not to say, but she she doesn't, she's not attempted to build a network. She, she's not done anything like that. She's just been plugging along, doing a show every week, publishing a show every week for 18-ish years, coming up on 19 years now. Yep. Uh, but Stephen and Mike Hurley had the, you know, experience of one being on a network that was not small, that was well known. There's a lot of popular shows and hosts that got their, their introduction or, or their launch into being, you know, professional podcasters on the five by five network. I pointed out to Mike that day, we were having this conversation, John Gruber. I don't think that Mike listens to John Gruber show, but everybody that's in the Apple ecosystem that plays around and cares about the technology at least knows of the Daring Fireball website. Yep. May not go there very often. I don't, but everybody knows about it. Well, Gruber, who now has a show that he, his publishing schedule is kind of like we were for. (laughs) (laughs) It's not necessarily consistent, but you're going to get a show at some point. Uh, He's not quite as bad as we got to. He didn't take a whole half a year and a half off like we did in the middle of DM, but you know, kind of like that. Yeah, but kind of like when we got back after that year and a half where, you know, it was a little sporadic still. But uh, he he makes a living, uh, a, a decent living, I would say, enough of a living that he feels he's successful. I don't I don't have any reason to say he's not uh, writing a you know, publishing articles to uh, Dairy Fireball and doing a podcast. And most of his, you know, he probably does some other stuff, too. But most of what I see is advertising, you know. He has a good advertiser relationship for Derek Fireball. He has a good advertising relationship for his podcast. He started with Dan Benjamin. So again, he had some name recognition in that space. Now he also had Derek Fireball before that. So, you know, that, that helped him, but same for, for the, the relay guys. Like they came out of not only having a show that was being published on a network that had a lot of listeners that, that was run by a guy who really understood marketing and promoting, you know, podcasts, but I'm pretty sure they probably learned a lot from Dan too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, you know, on principle, like of how to do this. And they had also developed relationships prior to them launching this network. So as Mike Hurley put it, their first three months of, of advertisers were booked up before they ever published the first episode under We They FM. Right. Right. And that, but that's from prior relationships, right? Mm-hmm. You see none of this unless you just happen to either listen to that episode. I learned some stuff there. And if you didn't know that they used to be on five by five and we're podcasting since oh eight oh nine, like you're like, Oh, these guys came. It looks like, and this is what I often have to tell, have to tell people to are like, Oh, this person blew up overnight. And it's like, no, they've been grinding at what they wanted to do to reach that level of acknowledgement or success probably for four or five years or a long time who knows like there and you see it's easier to see this with say an athlete right because you got to go through that whole process you got to you know start with the, the the junior basketball or whatever and go through middle school basketball high school basketball and if you're really good you can skip co- i mean anybody can skip college and go to try for the nba but if you're really good you can skip college and actually be successful in the nba uh, or you go through college basketball or college football, and then you get to the NFL. So you can kind of see that progression of, you know what, maybe 12, 13 years before you get to the NFL and even have a shot at trying to win a Super Bowl ring, and not everybody does that. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you look at it, you know, you look at some of the better quarterbacks or whatever, better better position, but you can see that that progression over over time easier than you can for a person who a lot of what they have been doing has been behind the scenes because 
you know, you look at some music artists that look like they came out of nowhere where they were doing shows around their state and hitting every single university that they could drive to to do talent shows or homecomings or whatever for 10 years before somebody finally said, hey, this guy's great. Yeah. Or this 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 girl is great. Like we should, you know, we should we should get her on. Uh so two valuable takeaways from that conversation. The reason I wanted to have it on this show is because that is a part of what this show is, is like being honest about and transparent about transparent about not only the successes or the interesting things we're doing, but the the challenges that we also face. And that is a challenge that everybody runs into at some point. Uh Mallory very self aware. Are you worried about what other people are doing? Don't you worry about it? No, I just do what I want to do. And if it makes me happy, I keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'll adjust. Yeah. Right? Take that away. Right? That, yeah. that is awesome. Uh, that, that is amazing. And, you know, don't hesitate to ever learn from someone else's success or someone else's experiences, but don't try to measure your success against their success. Uh, and, you know, one final thing I'll say about that, you know, taking away from what Mike Hurley said, he, I think, would say that they have been successful at running a podcast network. Has he reached what he may cons- and I'm putting words in his mouth deliberately here, would he necessarily say he has reached the level of success that he wants? No, because for him, successful and freedom, the financial freedom, the, the, the ability to live life you, the way he wants to live it is he just does podcasts. He ain't got to worry about the ads. He ain't got to worry about editing. He ain't got to worry about doing nothing else inside of that business other than showing up and recording podcasts and then going to play video games or take a vacation <laughs> with his wife or something. So, you know, whereas Mike here, my, my Michael may say, you know, well, success for me is like having a good show being, but more so he wants to edit. So it's not that I want to get away from editing. I want to offload this editing to other people. Maybe he wants to dial back on the amount of editing he does, but you know, he may still consider doing podcast editing at a high level to be a successful thing for him. So that's, that's you know my takeaway of this. I want to get more money in my Stripe account. For editing audio is what I want. <laughs> Raise your prices. And I forgot to yes, send you sir. these files. I will do that today because I forgot yeah. to send these to you. Yes, yeah, send me uh, those files. Uh, shout out so, to Desiree for listening to us on, in Clubhouse. We've got Desiree and Tia in Clubhouse. And if whoa, you want shouted Desiree out. Desiree showed up. Yeah, she did. Thanks for uh, joining us. If you want to be shouted out and you're listening to the recording, um, follow us on Twitter or support us and we'll send you an email. Mm, nope. Nope. Oh, I follow us on Mastodon. There you go. You can follow, follow us on, on Twitter, Mastodon. but you ain't going to get anything. You know, I'm still curious and I haven't checked because there was at one point in time, I don't know this policy probably has changed. Like, oh, if you haven't, if your account hasn't been active since blah, 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 we're going to shut it down. Right. So I probably fell up under whatever that, you know, term was. So I wonder if I can log into my Twitter account now, but I don't care. Well, excuse me, not Twitter. The network formerly known as Twitter. Your profile's still there. Ah, okay. Yeah. He hasn't shut your profile down. That doesn't mean you can log in, but he hasn't shut your profile down yet. Uh, yeah, well, you know, who knows? He probably forgot about it and went on to something else and never really enforced that policy. Who knows? Anyhow, uh, let's see. So... Before we get out of here this week, I want to share an experience I've had since the last recording. So me and Michael both have been on and off the bandwagon with Todoist 
mostly the off part is due to just difficulties in getting information in. Now, Michael, and I'm curious if you're still doing this, has been using reminders uh, for a lot of stuff. Uh, and I hear him. Well, actually, I know he's still using reminders because I, I heard him tell tell Siri the other day, uh, remind me to do something such and such and such and such or whatever. So uh, I know Michael's still using reminders. I may be headed in that direction myself uh, because I tried OmniFocus um, here again recently. Uh, and I tried the beta. So to be fully transparent, I tried the beta. The issues I ran into could be fixed. I'm not really interested in trying to help at the moment, though, because I don't have the time. But I tried OmniFocus and I went in and just did a very basic setup on the beta and put in a task. I was, you know, I wanted it to notify me uh, the following day or a couple of days later, actually, to do a thing. Right. And it was to call the dentist. Uh, So kind of something I really need to do. Got no notification. There are also some accessibility challenges with OmniFocus, but the reason I tried it out is because one of the things I still miss and that I still cannot do inside of Todoist, and they're probably never going to add it, is defer dates. Because often for me, it's not that I need to do a thing by a certain date. So giving it a due date to artificially creates anxiety in me. Mm-hmm. Because I'll see a thing come up due, and I'm like, oh my God, I got it in. Because I won't instantly remember that, oh, no, I don't need to do this today, but I do need to get it done in X number of days. And the process of putting reminders into Todoist, unless this has recently changed, I can't do all of that in one go. I still have to do more navigation through things. And when I was using OmniFocus very heavily, uh, before Michael convinced me to try out Todoist and before OmniFocus really went down the drain on accessibility, which is what pushed me over there. Yeah. was uh, defer dates because let's say like I have a project that I know I need to work on. Uh, you know, I have somebody that has booked in some time with me uh, to do some work for them. I told them I'm not going to be able to get to it until after Labor Day. I could defer that project into do it and say, hey, don't show me like I don't want this to show up at all when I'm looking through what's what's upcoming for me uh, until September 15th. Well, that's the start date of the project. The due date of the project may not be until October 5th. Right. Well, the only way to assimilate that in something like Todoist or any other system that I'm or any other app that I'm aware of uh, that is semi-accessible is to put in a due date at that time or put in a reminder for that date to go off like, oh, remind me on September 15th that I'm doing this thing. But when it pops up on my phone, what I'm going to see is not, oh, you're supposed to start this task today. What I'm going to see is do blah, blah, blah. Oh, crap. I don't got time. Wait a minute. What's going on? Right. It creates artificial anxiety in me. So I tried OmniFocus briefly. I ran away from it. And I'm back right now into Doist. I was vaguely interested in OmniFocus because of the um, automations that they have. And they also have a web app. Uh, now and I feel like they're probably going to eventually if they're not there yet again I didn't spend enough time to know so if anybody does know you can reach out on Mastodon we'll tell you how to do that here in a few minutes but uh, one thing I was interested in is their automations that I know they have there and the potential for them to because of their web service they now have of being able to push data into or pull data out of OmniFocus through other means uh, very much the way that I can use to do is now today which is I can hook to do it up to GitHub. So if Michael goes in and creates a new issue 
on this Git repo, I can have that show up in a project uh, with all of the information so that I don't miss it because I don't like email is a terrible way to get me unless you email support at bedrockinnovations.com. You may have a better chance of me seeing that. That mailbox I monitor. The inbox, oh my God, it's, just, <laughs> it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But um, that, that was my interest there with OmniFocus. The accessibility problems I face is not being able to easily tweak or add information, like adding notes. You know, I can put in the task name, but the, you know, you get that voiceover sound where you know there's stuff on the screen and you're flicking through it, but it doesn't read anything. That's sad so because that was what got me into project. OmniFocus is what got me into project management apps. Yeah, and I, I th- I'm gonna say some of this, and I may reach out because I'm still kind of interested in the app. I, if I've said this before, and either you get it or you don't get it, it did feel nicer in OmniFocus to me than I feel in Todoist. That makes sense. Like, I, mean, was, I know it makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah. Like Tom but Decker so pe- is actually the first one who introduced me to OmniFocus. He recorded a audio tutorial of I think it was OmniFocus two. Uh, whatever the previous version was on uh, Applevis. And I remember Tom Mallory, I'm like, I need to get this application. And then I got on the beta and I'm like, nope, I ain't buying this. Yeah. So four and four has been in development for a long time. Um, I recently saw an email from them where they, they have locked features. So they're not adding new features, but of course I feel accessibility is not a feature. So if I have the time, I'll reach out and, and send them a little recording or something. Maybe they can get that tightened up. It did feel nice. It's kind of like LaunchBar feels nicer to me than Alfred. Now, mm-hmm. I had some features I wish was in LaunchBar, but LaunchBar just feels nicer. So I'll stay there. It's like coming home. Yeah, man. And man, don't even talk to me about Spotlight. Don't do not do it. Nope, don't so before it. he gets into his Spotlight <laughs> rant, next <laughs> no, week, I'm, not I'm going to follow up on SaneBox because I am still paying for SaneBox. I've saved about 15 hours per week of inbox management, oh and uh, we'll have to touch on that next week. So I actually had this in here as a note. I was like, oh, I have to push that down to next week, too. So good deal. Good deal. So all right. Coming up next week, here's a preview. See? I'm a professional. Watch this. I'm a professional. So next week on Technically Working, we'll be discussing Sanebox. Did Demasi reach out to OmniFocus or not? Did he switch over to Reminders? Because there's a HomePod Mini right there. I could just say, hey, you know, you know who? Remind me of blah, blah, blah. Or is he just going to sit here and, and kvetch about uh, Todoist again? We'll see. Just set up Tune a shortcut in. for Todoist and HomePod, and we can talk about that later. Hmm. Or did he do that thing? Same problems that you have with Todoist with reminders. Because a lot of times I get reminders, I'm like, complete, 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 complete. Get the hell out of my notifications. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Where's Uh, my clear all notifications, Apple? I'm still waiting mm, for that. Wait. You you can't clear all notifications on the Mac. Oh, no, no. You you can't do it on the Mac. Not with voiceover, at least. Can you not with voiceover? Like, with without voiceover is there a clear all button um i believe there is but i also believe unless they fixed it in ventura uh but i do remember early days of the new notification center there was a clear all i think Uh, but it was very difficult for mouse users even to like one see it and two actually click it so uh yeah work on that app also just a quick quick note since we're talking about notification center and, and clearing things why, why, why 
if I clear a notification for, let's say, mail or something on my phone or on the Mac, why doesn't it clear across my whole device? Like if I get a message, like I have a message right now, if I hit clear in notification center on the Mac, why doesn't that sync to the Because phone? maybe you just don't want to see it on the Mac, but you do want to see it on your on your phone. No, I don't want that. Yeah, that's, give me that's that not what I want. Anyways, how can they reach out to us on Mastodon? So we are on Mastodon. You should check us out on Mastodon. Thanks for whoever just followed me about 15 minutes ago too. Uh, hopefully you're listening to the show and then just follow me because other people you knew uh, mentioned me. Anyhow, He's on Mastodon at payon at unmute.community. So that's P-A-Y-O-W-N at unmute.community. And I am Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E at unmute.community. And uh, I promise I read all of the messages. I just don't necessarily reply. We will be back next week. Don't know about the live stream when we're going to live stream. Probably Friday, but we'll see. Uh, Look, stay tuned if you, stay if you got it this listen if you if you got it this week you'll be able to find out when we look next live stream next week that, that's pretty much how that goes and if you if somebody Maybe. else sent it to you then uh follow us on mastodon i'm I not gonna text you. you again desiree so follow the house <laughs> so you know. man you can't be calling desiree out like that man that's, that's, that's that, that ain't cool all right thanks everybody who listened live and uh we'll be back next week Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, myself, Michael Babcock, and Marty Sobo go live in ACB community to answer your technology questions. How do you join in? Couple of ways. Use Alexa, your computer, or the new ACB Link app to listen to ACB Media 5. You can also join in in Clubhouse or visit acb.community to learn how to join us live in Zoom. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, we'll see you there with your tech questions. Yeah.